0: I'm getting a new car delivered today. It's got a mega box. Has I told you about my mega box? No, I haven't told her about the mega box, because unlike you, she's got a life.
1: What's a mega box?
0: Well, it just means you've got a little more room in the boot.
1: A little more room in the boot? Excuse me. That's like saying Superman can fly. Just a bit. No. It's got 80 extra litres of storage space. 80 liters. And it's got a drain plug so you can rinse it all out with water.
0: talk of the street. Talk of the stream. talk of the street. Talk of the
1: stream. talk of the street. Talk of the street. talk of the street. Talk of the stream.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 180 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial Cognition Street catch-up podcast that can confirm to Carla that it takes eight years to get used to the American way to format a date. So welcome to the 11th of September. I'm Gavin.
1: And I'm back, bitches. And And so is Brittany. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Brittany and I are free the same week. Wait, 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 wait. She is free of her conservatorship and I am free of pneumonia.
0: Well, let's hope so. Woot, woot. Just high on steroids, I think, don't you?
1: <laughs> do, hi- do steroids make you high, or do they just make you frantic?
0: Uh, <laughs> it's the same thing sometimes, isn't it?
1: And actually, at this point, I'm, I don't have the prednisone anymore. I just have the Advair, so the the steroids are going directly into my lungs. Which is probably which probably would have been smart to start from the very beginning instead of. You know, round four of antibiotics. Hey, let's throw an Advair in there as well.
0: I'm starting to wonder if people actually download this podcast just to listen to medical (laughs) updates. And then they just switch off and we're done.
1: Yeah.
0: That's the preamble, right? Fuck it, I'm out of here.
1: (laughs) I mean, my throat is still a little sore. But, you know, they're supposed to be referring me to an ear, nose and throat doctor. So... Who knows if that'll happen. Stay tuned. I may lose my tonsils. (laughs) Stay tuned. How are you, Gav? I'm great. (laughs) (laughs) Have you finished your antibiotics yet? Uh, I've got one more to take. I have
0: one left to take. I probably should have taken that before we started, but (laughs) I'll save it for later.
1: Ooh. So hopefully, hopefully we've... We've synchronized our antibiotics in a way so that we're not reinfecting one another anymore. Right. Fingers crossed. Should
0: sure, next week. Have <laughs> <laughs> you been otherwise?
1: Uh, well, you know, that's, that's really the...
0: The long and short of your week.
1: The long and short of my week is that Wednesday I got put on new meds and miraculously these seem to be working.
0: My exciting news is that my stuff is starting to arrive... For our Chesney Hitself and face with Brick Day celebrations, which are December the fifteenth, so that's creeping up on us. That's only next month.
1: Yay! I'm sorry, I'm, I'm I'm too involved in in prep for Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, I mean normally, normally we get Thanksgiving out of the way before we start thinking about Chesney Hitself and face with Brick Day. But I don't know. It just felt you know, the weather was kind of horrible outside and. We hadn't been feeling that great, so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to start ordering things early. Mm. So
1: it's one of—I have to admit—it's one of the more confusing holidays you have brought with you um, from the United Kingdom.
0: Chesney self in Facebook with Yeah, it's yeah,
1: a, it's not not often celebrated here in the states. So
0: no, so but it's just, it just, is starting to get a little uh, bit of a foothold, yeah. especially in the Michigan area.
1: Yeah, I think we've been trying to push more for the. For Robert Burns Day to be a more celebrated thing here in the states, because at least that involves haggis and alcohol.
0: Yeah, well, this can also involve alcohol, but mostly hitting yourself <laughs> in the face with a brick. So, I can't wait.
1: Yes, self-flagellation is is a is a long known British custom. So,
0: yeah, as I was saying on Twitter, though, like I remember in the eighties on. Chasing uh, Chesney hit itself in the face with brick day. My granddad would just sit solemnly at the head of the table and very quietly and very serenely hit himself in the face with a brick. Mm-hmm. And then we'd continue with our dinner and watch the Queen's speech and all that. Right. I don't know how he, what he'd make of the celebrations these days. Oh. It's that's but that's you know, we're talking about forty years, it's like yeah. half a half a century almost.
1: Using fake bricks is a travesty.
0: Yeah. Well, that's Americanisms for you, I think. <laughs> yeah, anyway. That actually brings us to this week's hard debate.
1: Already? We're just going to get this out of the way now?
0: Yeah, just get it out of the way. All right. Our hard debate this week was, what are your plans for Chesney itself and face of Brick Day on December the 15th? Remember, falls on the Wednesday this year. Uh, but, middle you know,
1: of the week. tough. It's tough. But, but you, you, you it's make, a cool night.
0: You make what you can out of it. A, hit self with brick, B, hit self with foam brick, C, a quiet family celebration, or D, a four-day bender.
1: Hmm.
0: What would you do? What will you do?
1: A quiet family celebration. Yeah. And I may hit you with a brick.
0: <laughs> the results were thus. Hit self with foam brick, 10.5%. So you'll be pleased about that. Hmm. Hit self with brick, 18.4%. Quiet family celebration, twenty six point three percent. But mm-hmm. most people will be celebrating Chesney hit self face with Brick day by going on a four day bender, forty four point seven percent. That takes them to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That takes them Sunday morning. Yeah, four day weekend. Next one. Hmm. Shall we preamble, my dear?
1: Yes, please.
0: Give us some of that. Pretty. Give us some of that self-flagellating cutting news. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: no Corey, on friday
0: what is with it
1: what is with this once again the sports ball has messed with our stories
0: did we win the sports ball though <sighs> the
1: 2022 world cup qualifications are ongoing so Corey was ousted from friday so folk could watch england beat albania and will be ousted again on monday right. how very dare they <laughs> so folk can maybe see england beat san marino
0: well they Let's see, this is the thing. It's been bumped for two really walkover games. Yeah. They should be destroying both of those teams. Mm. And they will be, I guess.
1: We'll have to wait to see the real action on Corey on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, so it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week, yeah. and it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday next week. Yes. Yeah. So we'll have to wait essentially almost a week between. This week's finishing on Wednesday. Next week starting on Tuesday, which is really weird.
1: Yeah, doesn't matter to me. I watch them all in one day. No,
0: you do not care.
1: I do not give a fuck.
0: (laughs) Scotland also won. Yeah, but they managed to do it without disrupting anybody's soap watching.
1: Nobody, nobody got ousted to watch Scotland play.
0: No, read into that what you will.
1: Because I bet the Scotland game was much more exciting.
0: It actually was quite exciting. It's good to watch Scotland these days. Yeah. They're they're actually quite good. Yeah. They've got a good young team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they're not English.
0: (laughs) I didn't say that. (laughs) We love our English friends. (laughs) Some of them. Yeah, a few of them.
1: The ones who are friends. (laughs) Two familiar faces will be returning to the cobble soon. Don't worry, Gav. Neither one of them are Kate. Ellie Leach will be returning as Faye Windass and Mark Frost will be returning as Ray Weinstein. Maybe. I mean Crosby. Or is it Cosby? Anyway, <laughs> you know who I mean.
0: That's right, because Faye's in the jail. Faye's in the We've jail. All just forgotten about Faye.
1: Fay being in the jail. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, Tim's going to go visit her, apparently. And then Debbie's going to be visiting Ray. So, So, all of this has to do with the jail. Uh. Uh. finally sad news as former quarry star victoria econoia has revealed that she has breast cancer and will undergo a double mastectomy we wish her a speedy recovery and an all clear from cancer after the mastectomy so she doesn't have to do chemotherapy wow yeah apparently she found it while she was breastfeeding her son so oh no yeah you know, and two doctors are like, "Oh no, it's fine. It's just a clogged duct. You'll be fine." And then she went to a third doctor who actually tested it and said, "Oh, yep, that's cancer." Ugh. Doctors, what the fuck do they know?
0: Well, well, that's a dangerous path to start going down. But it's a, it's a shame. <laughs> it's a shame for her. Hope it, she, it is a shame for I hope her. She recovers well. It seems very to be. young.
1: Yeah. Well, it, that seems to be the trend. Is that cancer seems to be hitting people. Younger and younger these days, um, like um, the woman who just died from breast cancer who had been on Cori and was also a Oh, it's of so haunting. Yeah. She was quite young. Yeah. I was 39 when I was diagnosed with colon cancer, yep. which is quite young, mm-hmm. as was Chadwick Boseman. So, yeah, that seems to be a thing now. Cancer's hitting people younger and right. younger. And so we wish her all the best. And that's Corrie news. That's
0: Corrie news. What what happens now? All right, mailbag. <laughs> so
1: Gav's high. I'm, I'm a
0: little bit high at the moment.
1: On antibiotics in life.
0: <laughs> I just can't get enough of either. Antibiotics. Life.
1: Antibiotics. Life. Antibiotics. Life. Never
0: felt so alive. Life. <laughs> or, our mailbag, John wrote in to say, totally agree that Curtis is such a boring character, but since speculation has started doing the rounds about him out for revenge, I'm a little bit more interested. Studied the facts that he could be the son of Vicky, Steve's first wife, hmm. who was from a well-to-do family. Curtis means well-bred. Hmm. Vicky married a man called Robert in Brighton in 1999, which was the year that Curtis was born. And his last name, Delamere, means off the sea. Mm. From Norman Conquest times, mm. Brighton is a mere hop, step and a jump from Hastings. And at that, John rests his case.
1: Mm.
0: Interesting. <laughs> I like how we've gone into the etymology of, of names Of names, too. Right,
1: yes. <laughs> like, because Charles Dickens is now writing the script for <laughs> Coronation Street.
0: <laughs> yeah, he very much is not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see, John. I still think it's... Uh,
1: it's a well, revenge of some sort, revenge. we think.
0: Yeah. yeah, We'll see though.
1: Some far-flung character of the past has has put him up to this.
0: Yep. Yeah. And they will podcast for coffee. Thank you to anonymous donation this week. That takes us to ten bucks. So far in the month of November, for during f- which we are collecting for the UN World Food Bank. Yes. Yeah, uh, 50 bucks, I think, is my initial target for the month because 50 bucks will feed a kid for three months. Wow.
1: Well.
0: Which... Seems quite a remarkable thing to be able to do. Absolutely. So, yeah, if you want to join us, we're donating our coffee money to the UN World Food Programme for the month of November. If you want to join in, you can go to kofi.com, that's k o f i.com, slash the talk of the street, and we will be very appreciative. Yes. And now, this.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome
0: I'm so high (laughs) Welcome to Last Year Tonight With me, John Oliver Just enough time to quickly talk about Stupid, smug, Scottish git
1: Adam
0: That's it, Adam Adam That's right, this was Sarah
1: Talking about Adam
0: talking, Talking the music of love About Adam She'd come in, he'd come into the factory and was looking like he was going to be getting a little bit of a Mm leaner. And, I don't know, they started to argue and she called him a stupid smug Scottish kid. I was Gavin, and you were feeling deja vu all over again. Why? We had no heat and no electricity in this part of the house. And we'd moved back into the old recording place. Oh. Which was now your office slash dining room. Yes. So you were feeling deja vu all over again. I'd been let down by three furnace guys and you managed to get it fixed by just phoning one of them. <laughs> who, one, who was one of the three that I'd phoned? Uh-huh. Uh, as Oliver's court case approaches intentions run high, Leanne may be about to resort to one of her more infamous mistakes. Alina's love life doesn't interest Sarah until it absolutely does. Sarah continues to be a miserable county Paul who's just trying to have a quiet life and stay out of horrid Todd's way. Billy's failure to inform... Billy's failure to inform Paul of a visit from the Bishop has been lifted from O'Brien Ricks farce. One for the kids there. Yep. Eileen gets a visit from the Undertaker who continues to work as chairman. That'd been going on for about a year. It did feel like it'd been going on for a while. Yes. Everyone tells Nick not to give up on Leanne. Kirk is in charge of team building. Sean is a peacock. And Steve has to borrow a tie. Our moment of the week was the judge reading out the verdict on Oliver's future. And our boring moment of the week was the team building exercise at the factory. And that was Coronation Street and the talk of the street this time last year. Fun. Was it?
1: Sure. Sure.
0: Shall we dive in, my dear? Yes, please. So I haven't looked at any of these notes since Wednesday, so God knows what I've written. But our first (laughs) story of the week, I think I had to split this one into two. Yeah, I did. And it's Confessions of ITV Cory. On Monday, Imran is building a space station with a smiling Elsie. Not a real space station, we should say.
1: No. It, this one involves
0: uh, Lego bricks? or
1: Yes. And and an art, artisanal coffee shop or something? Yeah. In the space station? Mm-hmm. Because Imran.
0: Because Imran. And Toya comes in and sees us and eh, she starts to melt a little bit. Even this early on Monday. <sighs> It's Kelly's appeal hearing today And Imran is worried That ITV Corey will plead not guilty Which could mean A long delay for a trial Toya is sure It will be fine It'll be fine Imran and Adam Are in Roy's Rose Chatting about Kelly's chances Kelly's chances And how Abby will be pissed off To the max If Kelly gets out Imran shares the troubles He and Toya are having right now And Adam recommends Getting knocked into a coma by Faye To cool the jets From the women folk Because that's what worked for him (laughs) Then Emran gets a call, let them know that ITV Cory has inexplicably pleaded guilty and taken full responsibility for Seb's murder.
1: Well that's convenient.
0: It's convenient and it's also not exactly believable.
1: Well, he has been caught red-handed. They 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 have all that evidence now. His dad has probably at this point given up on him. You think? Yeah. I would have.
0: I just don't think it's something that is within his his character to admit fault at any point, no matter how bad it looks.
1: I think they just want to get this done and over with.
0: The writers? Yeah. And the producers of the show want to get this over and done with. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. But it doesn't serve the story very well. Well. They don't want to have a second trial, obviously. No No one wants to have a second trial. nobody wants that. Nina, Abby and Adam are all thrilled until Imran confirms that life won't mean life, especially now that he's pleaded guilty. And he'll probably get out in fourteen years, Ugh. but he didn't plead guilty. This is a, this to be this at the second time of asking. He initially pleaded not guilty and got right. off. Yeah. So I don't think he should be getting any, any... kudos
1: this time around. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Abby stomps off in a huff, and no one says, "Wow, that was really a character." Fly TV, Corey, to do that. Emran <laughs> goes to tell Kelly the good news. If the judge quashes the conviction today, Kelly could be getting home as soon as that's finished. What? And at the court, which looks like conference room F in Debbie's hotel, Imran is pleading for Kelly's conviction to be deemed unsafe. The sleepy prosecution has no objection to this, and the judge goes off for a jacuzzi and some chocolates to think it over. The That's judge what ha- I would do. The judge has a towel in her hair when she comes back and, and says that she's thought about it, and sure, Kelly can fuck off home now. <laughs> so, at the young detention centre, Kelly goes to say cheerio to her fellow inmates, and they all ignore her for ages, and then the head one, the one that
1: Oh, Who's whose mother died because of Kelly's dad?
0: Correct. Warns her that when Word gets out, her life will be over. Mud sticks. Nice. I think Word has already been out. Right. Everybody yeah. knows.
1: Yeah, I know. This is this is the thing. Word's already been out. Everybody knows. And also all of a sudden, even though a few weeks ago when when Nina remembered everything And went to court and said, no, Kelly did not. This is not Kelly's fault. Kelly didn't do this. I remember now Kelly tried to save Seb. Kelly did a good thing. She tried to save Seb. Now, all of a sudden, even though she didn't kick Seb to death, she's to blame because Corey made her hit Nina. And because she hit Nina, that's why the boys kicked Seb to death. This does not make any sense. None yeah. of this makes any sense and it makes me quite angry.
0: Yeah, you were thinking, you were very strongly thinking last week that, that Nina and Asha had all kind right. of forgiven Kelly the Chin.
1: Because they had, right. but now they haven't. Mm-hmm. Now we're rewriting this just to make a, another, a more dramatic storyline and to make us all ignore the fact that it's really against type for Corey to... Fully confess.
0: Erman gets home just ahead of their social worker who has given them five seconds to celebrate Kelly's release before informing them that due to Elsie's situation and how she doesn't interact well with others, they're going to have to choose who to keep and who to put down. Kelly or Elsie? What's Elsie's deal here? I'm starting to worry. Uh,
1: Yeah, seriously. And they don't ever really say. (laughs) Just oh, well, we'll have to reassess because she may not be able to stay with another kid. And it's like, wouldn't these conversations have been <laughs> have been had before now? Hmm. Before, oh, Kelly's getting out today. We're going to welcome her home. Oh, well, maybe you can't because of this. Oh, well, that would have been good to know, you know, before now. When we've already told her she can come home.
0: I'm just wondering what this little Elsie's capable of. How much evil is that smile hiding?
1: Or what happened to her? Yeah, she, she
0: seems to have been... Obviously, she hasn't had like the greatest upbringing so far. Otherwise, she wouldn't be in this situation. But I, I always thought it was like something that happened to her.
1: Right. Or to the people around her. Cause right. Isn't her mother a drug addict or I something? I don't think
0: we can find that. Out, but
1: you know uh, this is this is this is again just like curtis and his stupid heart thing everything is just far too vague <laughs> to make us want to care mm-hmm. it's like if if this is going to be a thing then be specific about why don't what? just say oh well she's not supposed to be placed with other children
0: like she's not a dog no so uh, yeah i don't really i honestly don't get it
1: and she seems to interact fine with kelly yeah who brushes and and braids her 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 dolly's hair and stuff Mm -hmm. and she's like what four five
0: yeah she's a young kid
1: yeah it's just like oh well we need to throw as many obstacles into kelly's path as possible because it,
0: it's that, and it's also also reason. feels like let's let's don't reveal our hand too early because then we're we're forced to stick with it. Right. If we're vague now, we can be specific later. When the when something happens, when the situation happens that mm-hmm. that now we have to know. Well, right. now we can make it up. We can yeah. make it up later.
1: Right.
0: That's it, that's quite frustrating.
1: It's very frustrating
0: because if, th- if the only reason why Kelly can't be at home with uh, Inland and Toya is because of Elsie, which which seems to be the way that it's going. Mm-hmm. We're starting to get down the road of we're now entering territory where everything that's happened, everything that's happening now could have been avoided. Right. Yeah. By people talking to each other. Right. And figuring stuff out.
1: Yeah.
0: And we've been there. <sighs> Sean's homelessness being the right one of the prime candidates in recent and it's interesting
1: that you bring that up because it seems like that's the way they're pushing poor Kelly and it's like hasn't Kelly been through enough (laughs) Right. we like Kelly we don't don't want to see her treated like Sean
0: oh god no (laughs) the subject of Imran leaving comes up he wants to stay but he has to do what's right he's let Kelly the chin down so much in the past and if she has to live with Toya on her own then so be it he says Kelly gets back on the street and bumps into Simon, still desperate for his hole. She goes over to apologise to Nina, who tells her to fuck off and suck a bag of smelly old dicks.
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: Nina will what never the fuck, Nina. forgive Kelly
1: for slapping her, which was the whole thing. No, it wasn't the whole thing. It's so, it's-
0: she put all this in motion. This is her fault. Ooh, tough crowd, says a social worker.
1: Yeah, and ooh. That's not what happened," <laughs> says everybody in the audience who watched that scene and saw Corey incite everybody against Nina because he hated Nina because Nina was with Asha, and Corey was the one who kept goading Kelly into hitting Nina, saying "slapper, slapper, slapper." Yeah, let's not go through because all that Kelly wanted to get her whole with Corey. It had nothing to do with Corey beating the shit out of Seb.
0: Kelly gets back to Toya who explains the lay of the land with Elsie and also there's something Kelly should know she and Imran have split up what? Kelly is shocked to learn that Imran was a cheating Kelly is shocked to learn that Imran was a cheating scumbag who also ended up working on Harvey's defence it's one thing after another so many lives wrecked because of her she says she asks if Toya loves him it's not that simple says Toya and Kelly makes a pitch for the pair of them giving their relationship another chance Imran gets home and is thrilled to see Kelly playing with Elsie. Imran advises caution that the two don't get too attached to each other. Kelly Rue's not getting a decent crack at proper childhood herself. And she seems and that's kind of the sad Mm -hmm. thing, is like she seemed to be really having a Right. A kind of sisterly moment here Mm where Yeah, it was really
1: nice. Can't Kelly have something nice, please? No. No. Please. A social worker. Picks up Kelly and
0: she tells her that it's probably best that Elsie stays with Imran and Toya and she finds another place to live. She'd hate herself if she fucked up Elsie. And besides, Weatherfield isn't really the place for her anymore. So later, Imran gets a call that Kelly won't be coming back. They get no other details, so Imran obviously starts blaming himself. Toya reveals that she's finding it increasingly difficult to hate Imran these days. Imran wonders if they have a chance together. Toya thinks it's going to take time but there must be no more secrets.
1: It's gonna take time.
0: man asks just for a second so he can count how many, seconds, time. how many secrets he's currently keeping.
1: It's gonna take patience and time. He thinks it's under
0: two, so he Ooh. keeps his mouth shut and fucking Abby that one thing.
1: To do it. To do it. To, do it. <laughs> to do it. A dreadful song to interrupt me with. <laughs> to do it. To do it. Right, child. Oh,
0: you're determined to get to the end of that for, for reasons <laughs> best known to yourself. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kelly is given a room at a youth... Secure unit. A children's home, I think, by any other name. And when mm. she turns on the light in the room, someone has written murderer on the wall or it was already there.
1: It's quite possible it was already there. And, and they gave her that room just hide, because
0: hiding in the corner with a Sharpie. Mr. Osborne is a fanny. <laughs> and that's as far as we get with that. We pick up other aspects of this later on, but that's yeah. that's that bit done with it. Yeah. So yeah, the show just got bored with the I T V Corey stuff, didn't it? That's Pretty yeah. much the long and short of it.
1: Or they just didn't wanna keep paying Maximus and um Stephen Brent anymore.
0: Stefan, how to be Stefan? Yeah. Yeah, I I thought he had the potential of being a a pretty good irritant and a big pretty good baddie here. He, let's not forget he was a magazine publisher that had a panic button in his office. there's a backstory here that I think's interesting.
1: Maybe. Or maybe it was just put there. Okay, it has the
0: potential to be interesting. I mean, I I don't know an awful lot of magazine publishers. No. But I don't imagine that they all have panic buttons in their office. I don't think it's standard.
1: Well, You're promoted
0: to a magazine publisher. Here's your office. Here's your coffee maker. Under the table, there's your panic button. I don't think it works like that. Our next storyline this morning is Silent Sam. On Monday... Nick and Leanna are getting ready for Natasha's funeral. Sam still isn't talking and instead is watching reruns of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Nick (laughs) asks if he still wants to go to the funeral. Sam just stares back at Nick and remains silent. Which
1: version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire?
0: What do you mean, which version?
1: The British version or the American version. And if it's the American version, is it the... the...
0: Why would it be the American version? I don't know. Why would Sam be watching that?
1: Because it's more entertaining.
0: It's the same fucking thing.
1: Yeah. But You know, different people
0: doing it. You're a terrible person presenting it.
1: No, it was... What's his name? Who's dead now?
0: Regis Fellow. Yeah, Regis Philbin.
1: He was great. He was awful. And then what's her name? The news lady.
0: We had Chris Tarrant doing it. And then... Oh, that's Jeremy Clarkson that's doing it just now. I'll I'll, I'll give you that. Thank you. So Sam's nipped off for a shite. It's time to go. Sam comes out in his wee funeral suit and leads them out of the room. I guess he's going, says Leanne. Sam's doing quite a bit of acting here without saying anything. Yes. And it's, it's, it's very effective. It's
1: brilliant. He's very good.
0: The funeral cars turn up turn up at number eight. Everyone is super concerned for Sam, who grabs onto Nick's hand when he sees the cars, which was just heartbreaking. Absolutely. At the Bistro, after, because we don't get to see what happens at the funeral, and I'm kind of glad about that. Audrey and Gail chat about Sam and Leanne stepping up for him. Nick thought Sam would break his silence just as Sam passes Nick a note. It's a eulogy that he wants Nick to read.
1: Gail manages... Oh,
0: fucking hell, says everyone.
1: Yeah. Gail manages to get a little Battersby dig in there. She does. Yeah. Because she just she just can't help herself.
0: I think she's been watching classic comedy as well. <laughs> he explains what his mom meant to him. He calls her a star who turned into a black hole and that's all that's left. And he's fallen into that black hole and he doesn't know how to get out. Oof. Yeah. Back, back at the hotel. A excellent of writing. Yeah. Yeah, because it was it was completely in character for yeah. for Sam, and it also wasn't it wasn't too written, right? You know, it wasn't. And it was so using flowery. something he loved
1: as a metaphor. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Back at the hotel, Atira Nick is talking to Leanne about the saddest part of Sam's eulogy and how Natasha would still be alive if he hadn't pushed his relationship. Leanne would not hear of it. She thinks today might end up being a bit of a breakthrough. At least he's expressing himself now. Mm-hmm. albeit through writing right give it time it's something and that's leanne's mantra here is just yes. be patient give it time right she's comparing it back to how she was feeling with Oliver, and yeah. how that took time and right everything so she's speaking from a place of knowledge here that nick just yeah either needs constant reminding or just isn't listening to
1: yeah the one person on coronation street who seems to understand grief <laughs> how you just don't get over it overnight
0: right Moving on to Tuesday, Nick has run out of ideas, so plans to take Sam to the gym with him to see if that helps.
1: Yeah, that that sounds like a great plan, Nick. He's like, well, we're we're here at the hotel, we might as well use the amenities.
0: Sam puts on his headphones. <laughs> a resounding, fuck that. Yeah. So Nick thinks now professional help is the next stage. So we get a uh, consultancy call with Dr. Gadass.
1: Yes, a Zoom
0: a Zoom consult- consultation with Sam Who just stares at the screen and says nothing Gadas refers Sam to a mental health Place for talking therapy mm-hmm. There is a wait though She says, at least it's a start says yeah, Leanne, At least you're on the list Who continues to be looking on uh, The bright side for any Positives here Gadas had a interesting little backdrop
1: Yeah, she had a The universe behind her Mm-hmm. is nice
0: it was she was being astronaut badass,
1: Right. Still a badass.
0: Absolutely. Leanne meets Steve in Roy's Rolls and explains about Sam's mutism and how she can't be Sam's mum, which no one is asking her to be. So Leanne is maintaining this front mm-hmm. with Nick and Sam, but you know, she's been more relaxed and yeah. letting, it, letting the letting the veil drop a little bit in, yeah. in other companies. And
1: and at least even with even with Nick, you know, she she is putting some some boundaries up like, like she, she does express to him. She doesn't, she, you know, she goes to uh, Oliver's memorial tree before they all go off to the funeral. And, and she has said to, to Nick mm. that this is really difficult for her because this is the first funeral she's been to since Oliver, Right. you know, so she's very good at expressing what she needs to a degree yep. with, with Nick. Yep. Leanne is, is the most mature character in this show now
0: when this time last year she was being completely irrational and, and not right. listening to medical advice and right. and, and all yeah. that sort of stuff she's yeah. kind of come through all that it's taking a while
1: and she's come out the other side you know and it's great because it's it's the show actually taking the time to show stages of grief mm-hmm. with one character and actually being really thoughtful and contemplative about how they write this character and her stages of grief and everything. If only they could re- write all of the characters in this
0: manner. Yeah, we're writing Leanne with echoes of prior Leanne in mind. Right. And sometimes the voice of prior Leanne coming through. In the, Correct. And that's what makes it a rounded and nuanced character. And Absolutely. That's why it's really working just now. Yes. So, yeah, so she's in Royal Rose Rolls talking to Steve. She can't be Sam's mum. Steve tells her that she's not letting anyone down. Not only can Sam not replace Oliver, but you can't replace Natasha. Right. But you can both help each other. Absolutely. And Leanne is absolutely blown away by this wisdom coming from Confucius. Steve. Muppet. (laughs) (laughs) Wise words from a Muppet face. (laughs) <laughs> after Steve's pep talk, Leanne is in the bistro When Nick and is a bit down in the dumps again Talking about how she can't replace Natasha But she promises to help look after Sam And Sam seems happy to see Nick and Leanne You know, happy at this news mm-hmm. and yeah. she, she, He sees them being happy And right. seems to take a little bit of comfort and love from that as right, well Right, yes so on wednesday at the hotel leanne gets a call from debbie the bistro has a massive booking and leanne and nick are needed for some reason who knows why leanne is a waitress maybe but what's nick going to do
1: well they both help run the bistro so they need to be there because they both own part are part owners oh so I, they, i'm
0: aware yeah. of that but why, do you, need, why down, do you need more owners when you have a big order
1: and also because of another stupid storyline they're down a chef you see left Believe so.
0: No, he's not left.
1: Yes. No. He. No. He. No. He. No. He. I, bet. <laughs> I bet. I bet. I
0: If you have, if your restaurant is, I bet, is full of, uh, of, of customers, <laughs> you don't need more owners there. Is my point. So.
1: Well, they're understaffed.
0: Simon. uh. Had plans with Tyrese, Mm -hmm. who we've never heard of before, but agrees to cancel those plans to help look after Sam. So Simon has been on the phone all afternoon to this Tyrese character and then notices that Sam has locked himself in the bathroom again. Sam refuses to come out. He's in his bedroom. But knocks twice when asked uh, by Simon to let him know that he's okay. Simon sympathises, what with his mum being dead too.
1: Right, yeah. Yet another... (laughs) Poor Sam... His mum's dead, his you know, stepbrother's mum's dead, and his dad's mum's his dad's dad's dead. So What? <laughs> Nick's dad is dead.
0: Nick's dad is dead.
1: Simon's mum is dead.
0: Simon's mum is dead.
1: Sam's mum is dead.
0: Simon's mum is dead.
1: Sam's mum's dead. Let's
0: call the whole thing off. <laughs>
1: It's too many dead parents on the show. Seriously. When
0: Nick and Leanne get back, Sam is still locked in the room. Simon takes this opportunity to fuck <laughs> off, and as Nick and Leanne take their turn talking to a closed door. Leanne knows Sam has fallen into a black hole. That's how Leanne felt when Oliver died. It was too painful to do anything else. But we're family. She says, "We miss your wee face." So he comes out, and they hugs Leanne. Yeah, that was. Sweet. And I didn't cry. You did and so did you and you did (laughs) and so did you and Leanne tells Sam he has Olympic standard hugs and that was just that was lovely
1: that was lovely I really liked that bit
0: it's vino o'clock and Leanne reflects that they shouldn't have left Sam today Nick is morose but Leanne thinks so long as one of them is always available for him and that therapy kicks off hopefully we'll see some improvements Right. That's as far as we get with that. So they
1: risk. agree they're going to split shifts at at the bistro. yeah
0: Someone will always be there with Sam. With Sam. Yes. I'm not sure that that's entirely the right thing. I think the wee boy, especially when they're in that hotel, needs some space.
1: Well, he has space. He has his own room. Mm. So,
0: but what could they have done more than? Well, Simon was vaguely interested in what was going on. I guess.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think they're doing a good job <coughs> of giving him space. Nobody's yelling at him to start talking again, to get over it. We haven't reached. Nick is no Kev. <laughs> so things, things are right <laughs> in the world. So... Abe... I think I think they're doing all of the right things, and I think we're being very good with this. With I would this just like line.
0: somebody just to walk by Sam, pretending to be on the phone, mm-hmm. and say something along the lines of, "Yeah, Mars is definitely bigger than Jupiter. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> because there's no way, there's no way that wee laddie could not correct him, and once he did that." Maybe maybe that would be Maybe that would be the breakthrough that everyone's looking for here. Worth a shot <laughs> It's got to be worth a shot. Sam communicating without communicating is is working remarkably well. And I think the compassion that that Liana is able to show here, which she was I think Really, in previous weeks, she was really worried that she she couldn't have that she right. didn't really know existed in her anymore to feel kind of motherly and whatnot, and to and for all she says that she can't be Sam's mom and, and she doesn't really feel that kind of motherly instinct, she seems to be displaying it quite a bit. Absolutely, and I, and maybe it's just a case of she doesn't want to admit that to herself right. because it feels like she's been. Disloyal to Oliver's to Oliver.
1: Right. And she also doesn't want to make Sam feel like she's trying to muscle in on Natasha's territory.
0: Right. Yeah, it's a very difficult tightrope yeah. to walk, isn't it?
1: Yes. I think as long as she's just there for the boy and she loves him and she supports him, that's all that he needs. And you know, it's best not to overthink these sort of things.
0: That bit with the door acting though, it was <sighs> Nick is, you're right, Nick isn't Kev, but Nick's not all that great at this himself. And I think he's...
1: Well, let's remember, he's still just trying to figure out how to be a dad. That's what
0: I'm about to say, yeah. if He's still very much trying to come to terms with this actual proper paternal role that he has in it's in someone's l- life. But when he knocks on the door and says, Sam, it's, it's your dad, Nick, or whatever, like, well, I'm sure... Like there, you could be one of three people and I think right. Sam knows who's on the other side of that door but he, does a, he doesn't a—he does do anywhere near as good a job as, as Leanne does mm-hmm. and the consequence of that I think from what we saw was that the hug that Leanne got mm-hmm. from Sam I think meant more to both of those people yes. than it would have had it been Nick that was standing there instead.
1: Yes, absolutely yeah yeah i mean nick is just remember remember when you became a stepdad at 39 (laughs) vaguely (laughs) and how it was kind of difficult to kind of be thrown into that that sort of role having absolutely no experience with kids
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so
0: yeah you kind of find your way together i think
1: right yeah but it it takes a while Mm -hmm. and you're still trying to figure it out Oh, because parenting, that, that's that's Parenting 101. Even when you start at the very beginning, even when they're adults, you're still trying to figure out how to parent.
0: Yeah, because even one set of teenage years isn't the same as another set of teenage oh, years. Oh, very much not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, anything that you learned the first time. There's a is, little overlap, but yeah, not it's, much. It's, 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 it's mostly relevant. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, that was... <clears throat> For a story that is really confined to a hotel room, more or less. I mean we had the bit with the funeral with the route very briefly, but that the the confines of of the the narrative this week I think somehow becomes quite effective as well.
1: I'm disappointed we didn't get to meet Natasha's family. That the only mention they get is, Oh, it's it's a shame Natasha's parents and, and brother couldn't stay longer.
0: Yeah. Because then we'd have to give them names right. and, and, and backstories. And, 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 and,
1: and <laughs> speaking parts. <laughs> and actually hire people to play them.
0: Right, is that... <laughs> is, is, that's, is that Brian in a wig? <laughs> Kathy's wearing googly glasses. <laughs> Our next storyline this morning is Long Distance Danny. On Monday, at the Bistro, Ronnie gives Danny a hard time when he learns that he turned down the London offer, but before he can get too far into it, James comes in to reveal that he's back in the first team. Phew, says everyone. Danny goes off, and Ronnie tells James to speak to him about that job offer. Job offer? What's job offer? Oh, pig's tits, says Ronnie. Back home, James is not happy that Danny didn't tell him about the job offer. Danny doesn't think now is a good time to leave, and James doesn't think Danny should stay because of him, even though he loves him and called him the best boyfriend ever last week. Then James, who doesn't work at the bistro, turns up at the bistro in the kitchen and has a present for Danny. It's proper chef whites for that fancy that London. James tells Danny that he doesn't—if he doesn't take the job, he'll dump him anyway. If Danny doesn't follow his dreams, he'll end up resenting James. So later, Danny hands in his notice to Debbie.
1: I didn't, and and also, James fucking called the guy in London. To get daddy, the... If I had an award-winning restaurant and some guy I don't know... Who's a footballer. Who's a footballer, called me and said, hey, you don't know me, but my boyfriend just turned down a job with you and I'd really like you to, to still give it to him, please. But not like that. Even though you only offered it to him after seeing his eating his food one time
0: preemptive but not like that without
1: looking at any of without looking at his CV or any of his experience or anything and not even you know negotiating salary or any of the stuff that goes into a job offer i want you to keep this job open for my boyfriend please because that's something that happens in real life
0: particularly in that london
1: right yeah if you ever did something like that i would fucking kill you
0: if i did something like what
1: if i had turned down a job and you called the people and said no 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 she was kidding give her the job
0: oh yeah i'm not likely to do that
1: no you would never do that because you are confident enough in me that if i make a decision well it's my decision well sure yeah
0: just make sure you get another job
1: what the hell james what the hell? Let Danny make his own decisions.
0: I'm glad you brought this up again because I don't think I was as angry about this as I should have been last week. but it,
1: it's like uh, D- James, you're not a mind reader. If Danny decides he doesn't want to take that job, he doesn't want to take that job. There could be it could not it it's quite possible that there are many reasons why he doesn't want to go down to that London and get a job in that London. that have nothing to do with you. And Bill. also, if you really love someone, you wouldn't dump them because they decide that they want to stay in the job they're in and not go down to that London. What the hell? Oh, this made me so angry. It I made me tell. hate James. And I don't want to hate James. <laughs> it's... I'm so mad.
0: <laughs> the thing that... The... <laughs> so bad. So i so mad. Nothing you we supposed to be... quietly enjoying this story right
1: yeah we're supposed to find this romantic (laughs) but it's not it's controlling and manipulative and danny has a right to make his own decisions
0: i was more focusing this week on on how how ridiculous the, the offer was in the first place because basically that job offer in that london where i don't know if you're going to be a a head chef or Which I think was the position that was being offered, right? It was a. You weren't a sous chef or a pastry chef or something. You were getting a proper. A head
1: chef job. A head chef job in that London, in a fancy restaurant. Right. By someone who has eaten your food once and has no idea.
0: One plate of one food.
1: Right. And has no idea about any of your. This would never happen. Do you know how many chefs in that London would be up in arms and be boycotting those restaurants because some nobody in Manchester got the head chef job at the new restaurant.
0: Yeah, probably none.
1: Chefs are nasty and cutthroat and carry a grudge to the grave well. and can also be very delightful people. But <laughs> <laughs> chefs are... A species apart from normal human beings.
0: Yeah, they're all broken and...
1: Mangled and, and, and have,
0: tattooed. And have addictive personalities.
1: Yes. That's but, what makes them good chefs.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I, I just felt that that was... I just felt I didn't question that enough last week because it really it doesn't stand up to any scrutiny. It really doesn't. So anyway. <clears throat>
1: and, you know, the whole... First of all... No, we're not done. Where did James get the phone number? Did he ask Roddy for the guy's name and phone number?
0: Well, we didn't even have a name until this week. I think was it, was it Tom or Joe or something like that, right? It was a. Th- I'm sure it was a three letter one. Tad. <laughs> it was Pip. <laughs> but yeah, Rory. Uh, I managed to get his number and I gave him a call and he agreed to speak to me and he remembered you. and
1: Right, and he agreed to hold the job open for you. Yes. Yeah, no, nonsense. none of this would ever happen.
0: So later, Danny hands these notes to Debbie. She learns that and this she's pissed. is all Ronnie's friend's fault. Pissed. And so therefore Ronnie's fault. Yes. And Debbie furiously stomps off. Ronnie has not heard the last of this. Spicy. Spicy. This is Ronnie.
1: Even though he's not getting his hold tonight.
0: Nope. In the Rovers, James and Danny insist that they love each other, and Danny wants to give the long-distance relationship thing a go. Let's make this work. Okie dokie, says James. <sighs> so it looks like they are going to be
1: doing long-distance. Long Which is fine. And
0: I think this is still James' swan song out of, out of Corey here.
1: You know, the one thing that James said that made sense was, well, you know, if I got a call from Real Madrid, I would be out that door in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Fair point. That's that's fine. Never going to happen, but that's fine. Yeah, let me
0: just check that phone. Still not ringing. It's not ringing.
1: No. But you know, Danny made his decision, and it's not right for James to push him into making a different decision by manipulating him and threatening to dump him. If he doesn't do, if he doesn't go to London, yeah, London is not Manchester. It's busier. It's more expensive to live. You know, he'd be going from this nice, sleepy bistro where he has complete and utter control and a nice, relaxed atmosphere into a London restaurant, which will be frantic and loud and violent.
0: Well, if you're lucky, <laughs> you might be going to an Aberdeen steakhouse where you're. You're covering like three tables a night.
1: Well, it doesn't sound like this guy owns an Aberdeen Steakhouse. Remember, he owns oh, restaurants he's that earned his
0: first Michelin star, right. isn't he?
1: Well, supposedly he has a Michelin star, doesn't he? Because he's won all of these awards. He's won more awards than the.
0: Oh, don't use that! <laughs> don't, don't! Because it was so bad.
1: What? What is it with all the Olympic references? We, we we keep getting it's almost as much as the Americanization bitching in the show
0: yeah <laughs> let's move on let's draw a line under that Abbey to adopting Jack on Monday at the garage Kev is curious why Abby was up and out before Jack even got up this morning that's a beautifully written sentence Abby is dismissive and assures Kev it has nothing to do with Kelly's hearing and then she goes off for a break then Debbie shows up at the garage. Everyone is scared that Abby may do something rash at Kelly's hearing. <sighs> Debbie thinks Abby has bigger fish to fry this morning, but then refuses to say any more. Mm-hmm. And then we see Abby on the phone in the guynel, frustrated that something is taking time to organise. And I think, as the audience, we're supposed to be thinking, "Oh, oh she's no. getting another gun." Oh
1: no, she's ordering she's another gun. gun.
0: Who's she going to not kill? Now this she's going to
1: kill Kelly. Is that what we're supposed to think? In kill Kelly.
0: We were we were definitely supposed to think that she was up to something no good, right? Yeah, still not exactly <sighs> clear what it was, and why it had to, why it was a phone call that had to be made in the gunnel, is.
1: because it's a secret.
0: Mm. Mm. Back home, Abby reveals what she's been up to as she hands Jack an intention to adopt certificate. Ta-da! What do you say to that? Says Abby jack takes a moment from shaving his face and it turns out that he's he's dead keen as long as he gets to call her mum and abby has to swallow back tears as she nods her approval to the suggestion and And that was nice and that was all that happened in that this week that was nice i liked that yeah because i think she made this promise to him before didn't she or she was talking to kev about possibly doing it before no, I think I think somebody. you're
1: talking. I think you're. Ta- I think you're thinking about when Shona was going to adopt David's kids, and then that <laughs> yeah, never happened. Yeah, I think,
0: I think that is what I'm thinking of. Yeah.
1: No, because she makes a point that you know before you know she she couldn't promise Jack that she'd never go away again.
0: Yeah, just changes so, nothing to do with so that. Now, so
1: now, if she adopts him, she's legally obligated to stay <laughs> in his life. Right. Doesn't mean that she's going to be married to Kev the whole time. But she's legally obligated to stay in Jack's life. Right. Which is good. So he gets a mum. She gets another kid. And unlike unlike um Leanne, mm-hmm. she's 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 ready to move on from her dead kid right. to this live kid. So
0: always the best direction to move. Right. From dead kid to life kid.
1: Dead kid, live kid. Yeah. Dead mum, live mum. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's just observe the difference. Okay, got it.
1: All right. That's the way it goes. Yes. Kev so yet seems another quite happy child. About, yeah. So yet another child has been adopted on the street, and that's nice.
0: Kev seems quite happy about this development as well.
1: hmm Because I guess he thinks that means that Abby will stick to him too. <laughs> Good luck with that, Kev?
0: Yeah, that's the assurance he was looking for. Four time married Kev. <laughs> I think it, it's three or four times.
1: Something like that. but um, Kev's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought that...
0: Would Kev typically be aware that this was going on before it?
1: You'd think that it would need his approval. Right. You would think.
0: Or maybe he got brought up to speed before Jack did. So let's, let's right. give them the benefit. So who was, who was Abby on the phone to?
1: Well, I guess the legal team putting this together I guess is what we're meant to believe.
0: Hmm. Is that what we believe?
1: Yes. Adoption is has ridiculous hoops you need to jump through oh, and red tape. I, 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 I can
0: imagine, but this is just kicking it off. you think that would be a fairly standard form. Hey.
1: <laughs> Who knows? Hype. Great. We're, we brought in the expert. We're meant. We're meant to. We're meant to think initially that Abby's up to no good, even though it's ridiculous. Kev being like, "Oh no, she's going to go after Kelly. She's going to freak out of because apparently Abby is still emotionally unstable," mm-hmm. according to Kev. Because according to Kev, all women are emotionally unstable. As they are. <laughs> oh,
0: obscene finger gestures. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't expecting that So All I did was call you unstable For <laughs> an unstable reaction
1: It was just a joke You can't take a joke uh, Anyway Moving on Abby! Abbey!
0: You must get the last Abby I must I can just cut them out And I, and, and I probably will No you won't My moustache isn't long enough to twirl. Anyway. You are so high. So very high. <laughs> Our next storyline this morning is...
1: Legally. You are legally high. I felt like I, I, I needed to say that at some point.
0: But oh, not, yeah. I, you're not
1: on illegal drugs. You're
0: no, on. I have a narcotic painkiller. Prescription drugs. Yes. That is doing quite a good job. <laughs> Our next storyline this morning is Phil with two L's her up. On Tuesday.
1: If you know what I mean.
0: Tyrone is walking by Fizzy's Hope is celebrating her win at bowling last night. Ruby shares that Phil with two L's is brilliant at bowling and I I started laughing at that and I think I continued laughing throughout this. Privately, Phil with two L's tells Tyrone that he popped round for breakfast. He didn't fuck Fizz or anything like that. <laughs> None of my beeswax says Tyrone, who clearly thinks it's at least some of his beeswax. We learn that Hope has a solar system project to hand in tomorrow, and Ruby announces that Phil, with two L's, is awesome at crafts. But Tyrone insists that he'll be the one to
1: help. And Hope reminds him of that bookcase that he <laughs> that I guess he attempted to build. You'd think a mechanic would be really good and handy with other tools for mm. building things. You'd think.
0: I don't care. I'm I'm just really enjoying uh, little quips from Ruby, who seems to be very much the fan of Phil with two L's.
1: Phil with two L's. That's, that's his new theme song now.
0: At the garage, Tyrone is bad Phil with two L's to Kirk, who thinks that Phil and the girls look like a proper family together. Tyrone has started work on the solar system, but found it impossible to get his hands on styrofoam balls, <laughs> which is why Kirk's there. Then later, Tyrone's balls have fallen into oil on the garage floor.
1: Can you imagine? It's it, The solar system has fallen into a black hole mm-hmm. of oil.
0: Surely Tyrone's balls falling into oil is worthy of a, but not like that. Or do you think it's like two on the nose? It's probably two on the nose. It's so too- Phil with two L's comes along to check progress. And when he sees the cat-candied state of Tyrone's balls, he offers his help. He's already bought all the stuff anyway. Tyrone is
1: suspicious.
0: Tyrone is suspicious, but Phil with two L's tells him not to, not to be so bloody cynical and accept something nice yeah. for a change.
1: Just try and help. Mm. You can take all the credit. It's fine.
0: Yeah, but what do you want in return? Nothing. Uh, I don't want anything. It's just a fucking solar I want, system project. I would
1: hope to ha- get a good grade. <laughs> That's it.
0: But at the flat, Tyrone has been a lazy shite and letting Hope and Ruby work on the project on their own.
1: No, he's twisting the pipe cleaners. He's he's helping. He's twisting the pipe cleaners to put to attach to the ball. Tyrone balls.
0: is being a lazy shite. All the painting is going on.
1: No, the girls are painting, but he's twisting the pipe cleaners.
0: Hope apparently enjoyed her therapy session today because that's still a thing. And thanks for reminding us of that. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Ruby, for all your help today. Yes Tyrone's heart melts That hope would thank anyone for anything (laughs) Tyrone delivers the project to Fizz And he's about to give uh, Phil with two L's credit When Phil cuts him off What a great job you've done Says Phil Let's leave it at that Yes And Tyrone is still gobsmacked That someone can have an altruistic
1: (laughs) Somebody can actually be nice Right And and expect nothing Right
0: Yeah In the pub Tyrone still can't understand
1: He lives on Coronation Street
0: Right well, in the, in the pub, Tyrone still can't understand why Phil is so nice. Maybe because he is nice, says Kirk. In fact, Kirk would like to be Phil's friend. This doesn't help Tyrone, who wants to smash Phil's face in with a fire extinguisher, and he just can't let this go. No. On Wednesday...
1: Because he's an asshole. If Tyrone... Are sharing Insecure a, in his masculinity.
0: They're sharing a of waiting for Phil with two L's to come home with the girls, because apparently they've got him doing the school run. Yeah. I feel like they're kind of taking advantage of him a bit now, (laughs) aren't they?
1: A wee bit. But apparently all the other mums love Phil. Mm
0: -hmm. Ruby has been invited to Marley's party but Hope hasn't been invited. This is news to Fizz and Tyrone but Phil has accepted on their behalf. Fizz blames Penny, the mother, for showing favouritism and Tyrone agrees to take Ruby as Fizz goes to break the news to Hope. And Tyrone and uh, Phil have a little kind of face-off as they try and think of Penny jokes. Right, yeah. And uh,
1: Phil's great at it, Tyrone not so much.
0: <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. The party is at Speeddal and Tyrone <laughs> decides to be stroppy with Penny about Hope not getting an invite. This whole uncomfortable conversation is watched with interest by another mum at the Speeddal bar. Tyrone leaves with a goodie bag for Ruby, refuses one for Hope for some reason, and that's just, like, the stupidest move ever taken.
1: I think he didn't get a... I, I don't think Ruby got a goodie bag either. She did? I think she went to go get her one, and she's like, I... And Tyrone's like, I don't want any of your goodie bags.
0: No, he took the goodie oh, bag because uh, Hope was complaining about it later.
1: Oh, yeah. That she didn't get one.
0: So back home, Tyrone explains how angry he was with Penny, and both Fizz and Phil with Twel think that he could have dealt with it better. Then the woman from Speedal, Isla... She comes over and thinks that Hope is a lovely kid who deserves another chance and she asks Tyrone and Hope to join her and her kid for a milkshake. Belter, says Tyrone.
1: Yes.
0: So Tyrone and Isla go to Roy Rolls, and already Tyrone is chatting about the finer details of his relationship with his. Isla, not backward and coming forward, asks Tyrone out for a drink. Hope and whatever the kid's called make noises.
1: That was cute.
0: So Tyrone gets home and tells Fizz about Isla and Hope's new BFF, Darcy. Darcy. Right up the Darcy. Tyrone (laughs) can only think of one Isla joke, much Mm -hmm. like his penny jokes. He admits that he and Isla will be going out together, and Fizz worries about this all going pear-shaped and Hope losing her only friend. Tyrone says it will handle it carefully and leaves in the huff. Right. And this was a strange concern for Fizz
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I, Tyrone earned this huff because Fizz needs to fuck off when it comes to this whole... They're going out for one coffee. It's one date. It may not even turn into anything. And she's acting like, you know, if they don't stay together and get married, then Hope is going to lose this one friend that supposedly she just now has. Right. I'm sure that they were friends before if they were indeed friends or if Isla's putting Darcy up to this Mm -hmm. because she has the hots for Tyrone for some reason.
0: It's those uh, (laughs) American (laughs) t-shirts, which I'm glad to see that he's back in these days.
1: Yes. Yes. He's, 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 he's turned away from, from Alina's attempt to to give him a fashion sense, which is good because it really just, it made him look like a sad old man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if I put you in skinny jeans,
0: my jeans are quite skinny.
1: They fit you very nicely.
0: That's, well, thank you very much.
1: They show off your ass.
0: Yeah, I, I'm always uh, let the clothes wear the man type of guy. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, Phil's getting his uh, feet under the table though, hasn't he? Yeah,
1: he is. He's he's so great and wonderful. It it scares me.
0: I'm just concerned a little bit about this other side of him that I don't think... Well, Fizz does know about, doesn't she? She knows about the whole council thing because right. she was there when Maria was right. uh, saying how much she hated democracy right last week. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, but that was a side of him that I think took us by surprise. That, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's his involvement in this? And what right. exactly does he do
1: he's a member of the council and i think that surprised us because we're like oh oh, they're they're, they're, okay this is his his bad side showing you know he's he's some ruthless politician but then it turns out that he's he's not because he turns out to be quite supportive of maria and her cause and encouraging her to run for council
0: but the suggestion is that, that he's on the council right so should he be showing maria any favoritism here
1: when when I ran for, when I ran for county commissioner, the people who were already county commissioners who would be members of my party were all quite supportive. Yeah, but she's and running an independent. Yeah, well, we don't know. He may be independent as well. We don't know.
0: The same independent.
1: Eh, all. I
0: don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm worrying about nothing. I'm sure I'm worrying about
1: nothing. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure Phil is actually genuinely a nice person, and we're not going to find out it's a, sec- a deep dark secret. That's going to upend this whole happy family. I'm just happy that Hope is happy.
0: I'd kind of like Phil to reveal that there's only one L in his name. That would <laughs> that would make me happy. Or I p- like,
1: I like, I like, I like that we now have Hope and Ruby back, and they're being good sisters to one another. And,
0: and I like that we're we're given Ruby just a little bit more to do and a right. little bit more to say right. she was fucking hilarious to the, uh, this week. Yes, a little of. Oh, Phil is so good at this and he's <laughs> so great at that.
1: Phil's so wonderful. We love Phil so much, daddy.
0: Yeah, and I think it it, it meant even more that it was Ruby that's saying this. Right, yes. Because, you know, right. Tyrone's dad, obviously. But, um, Tyrone's dad. Yeah, well, Tyrone's a dad.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: As opposed to Hope's. You know. I mean, it would still be funny, but right. I think it's even better that, that Ruby's the one that's saying it. I and thought she, you were saying, saying that so Ruby
1: well. was Tyrone's dad. And some universe
0: perhaps. Yeah. I'm sure you, you do get confused then, <laughs> at the slightest thing. So moving well, on. This, Tyrone's dad. To her penultimate story. Instead line, of
1: Tyrone is dad.
0: Which is month day year. Year day month. On Wednesday at the factory, Sarah discovers that they have a message from Dexter Gold. Because which that's an totally American an
1: American name. name. <laughs>
0: brad star has been on the phone
1: <laughs> to be fair in american shows we name all the british guys nigel mm-hmm.
0: so so Brett aluminum has been on the phone
1: <laughs> aluminum
0: chasing up the order for friday carla thought it was next month but oopsie it's american dates and carla thought it was december the 11th not november the 12th carla snippily will take care of it she's dealt with dexter for years but somehow has forgotten that he was american and that's how the format dates <laughs> Carla meets up with Peter and Roy Rolls. Carla is in no mood to be petered which is a shame because Peter is very keen to peter Carla he thinks Carla has been making mistakes an awful lot and maybe needs to get away suck a big old bag of the crustiest dicks says Carla and she storms (laughs) out you sit down says Peter, please (laughs) (laughs) and don't hurt me Adam who doesn't work at the factory is at the factory with Sarah when an angry Carla stomps back in accusing Sarah grassing her up to Peter and also her family for killing Johnny don't get Peter involved in this shit so Carla decides to take some time off after all starting now good luck with the Dexter order and she fucks off you can't do that says Adam we've made plans (laughs) sure at the rovers Peter is telling Jenny how worried he is about Carla Jenny's still wearing that sling
1: (laughs) She's the only one who is injured in Super Soap Week who still seems to be injured.
0: Right. In comes Carla. I wonder if she maybe has actually injured her arm then. In comes <laughs> Carla and they both point out how worried they are about her. And Carla, in World War Two, And Carla informs them both that she's taken a couple of weeks off and once June, Johnny's funeral is out of the way, I'm like, oh, thank goodness, we are going to get a funeral for Johnny. Yes. She'll be a lady of leisure. Leisure. And that's as far as we get with that. Yeah. It almost feels like Peter and Carla are getting a storyline. Almost. We still haven't seen. uh, We're inching. They're flat.
1: We're inching ever closer. Right. To Carla and Peter being a thing again.
0: Yeah. Proper (laughs) characters with a storyline. Who the
1: fuck? Show offs. Seriously.
0: Yeah. So. We don't know why Johnny's funeral has taken so long to organise when well, because, Natasha was kind of done and dusted. But well,
1: because we we have to get the Natasha one out of the way and then the Johnny one.
0: Yeah,
1: we can't do both at the same time. Two
0: funerals in one day?
1: No, surely not. You've seen you've seen that funeral parlour. It's toti.
0: Yeah, Undertaker would we'd be shitting <laughs> kittens is, about where that. Where is
1: he storing Johnny? <laughs> in the basement.
0: Yeah, we just need to move Robert into the. T- <laughs> We'll move on to the backyard for now. We can put them <laughs> back in later. Our final storyline this morning. On the assumption that there's no more to talk about that.
1: Yeah, there's no more to talk about that. Except to say, what is it with this show and, and slagging off Americans?
0: Well oh, it's British.
1: I'm, I'm starting to get offended.
0: Finally. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this for three a bit years.
1: Well, you know, actually not. Because I've been hearing you bitching about the whole t- date thing for the whole time we've been married so it does of. take
0: a bit of getting used to it.
1: yeah
0: that's my observation on that, <laughs> it really does when you've been 30 odd years putting it in the correct right. way it's
1: the correct way
0: well it's it increases the the the, the units a day off a month a month off a year a month of a day is going down the way and then yeah and the year goes but, up the way but, which is but weird. that's not
1: how you say it You say June 12th, 2020. You don't say the 12th of June, 2020. Yeah, you do. No, you don't. Yes, you do. I've never said the 12th of June, 2020, except for just now.
0: Well, yeah, because...
1: I always say the month, and the day, and then the year.
0: So the 4th of July isn't a thing, then?
1: It's July 4th.
0: You, you, it's
1: Independence you, Day. You, you
0: can't even fucking try and pull the rule over everyone's it's eyes without saying that you, that you never say the Fourth of July.
1: I think that's the one exception, but we call it Independence Day instead. You don't. <laughs> July Fourth. You, you can. You can admit it. It's fine. We say the we world say, won't end Helen and if you just admit it, we say nine eleven. Join us. We say nine eleven, not eleven nine.
0: Yeah, and the whole world thinks that you're talking about the 9th of November. What happened on the 9th of November? Yeah,
1: September 11th. Everybody knows.
0: Our final storyline this morning is, Hello, Dev got a new motor. (laughs) On Monday, some are in Amy, are in Roy's roles. Some are being predictably bleak about uh, something to do with uni. I'm finding it really hard to care about this. In fact, I'm starting to hope that she doesn't get in. In comes Farmer Daniel, who initially offers to help, but he has a PTA meeting for Bertie. So Summer offers to babysit and then she'll be up for his assistance afterwards. Bertie has a PTA meeting.
1: Why does Bertie have a PTA meeting?
0: Fuck knows, Helen. Fuck knows. Summer's babysitting not in school. Has gone well and she offers her services in the future. Summer is continuing to look at Daniel in a certain way. Blew. She leaves and bumps into Addy, who seems to be uh, a bit down in the dumps and sad to learn that someone doesn't really have time for him. Summer changes her mind, and two of them go off to get a coffee together or something. That was Monday. Mm-hmm. This all starts to kick off on Tuesday. On Tuesday, Dev has been embarrassing. He's getting a new car today, one with a mega box,
1: and he's making waffles, mm-hmm. lots and lots of waffles.
0: Do you know what a mega box is, Summer? Do you care what a mega box is? It's a bigger boot, says Addy.
1: Also, I hope you guys are practicing safe sex.
0: <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that segue was seamless, wasn't it? He goes off to make more waffles. Addy can't stand being here. Can't stand being in the same family, in the same house, in the same town. We'll do something about it, says Summer. The world's a big place. Yes. At home, Toya is worried that Kelly the Chin hasn't been in touch since she moved out and Imran ensures her that everything will be fine. But instead, she's off scrubbing that wall from the first storyline we talked about Mm -hmm. and not doing a very good job of it. That's not shifting. That's going to need to be painted over, I think. Yes. A fellow inmate, Cole, he comes in... They're not really
1: inmates, are they?
0: No. He comes in and offers his help. And they flutter a little bit, but Kelly insists that she's got this, even though she clearly hasn't. No. Oh... and then this happens. Oh. I wonder if you can guess what the next paragraph is.
1: Something I'm going to hate.
0: Daisy, Daisy, give me your van subdue. Oh, sings Daniel um, as he comes into Roy's Rolls, singing this to Daisy. He's like an eight-year-old. I'm
1: sure she's never heard this before, no. ever.
0: He's no. She, she very. Uh, Dully responds to him, uh, for the love of you, or whatever, right? Yeah, he's like an eight year old boy as he attempts to flirt with her by being kind of horrible and nasty to her, and then announces that he's leaving because she's so boring. Five minutes with me, says Daisy, and you'll be wearing your nuts out of your eye holes. <laughs> Later, Dev confides in Asha about how happy he is that Addie has got a girlfriend and has moved on from the car crash stuff asha belittles adi's assistant manager job a bit more but Dave doesn't notice
1: yeah asha is just so terrible
0: mm-hmm. then a tearful nina rushes in to see asha she's lost that ring that that seb gave her that big massive red thing that she's been wearing on her thumb yeah she's lost it roy's probably eaten it asha <laughs> agrees to help her look for it at school summer has going through a mock interview and she can't remember what book she's reading at the minute and falls to pieces a bit, trying to remember the girl on the train. I'm sitting here, I'm screaming at her. It's a girl on the train. It's the girl on the train. Daniel says, this is why we practice. And so they start again. <clears throat> Later, Addy is with Summer. She seems to be getting a bit bored with his chat about how much uh, he hates his dad. Right. And she encourages him to move to that London for a tech apprenticeship that he's found out about which is closer to Oxford and Weatherfield. It's 58 minutes, says Addy, who's checked. And as they leave, Summer snatches Daniel's lanyard from his, yeah, from, his, from his desk.
1: Yes, clearly Summer has been taking notes from the Billy school of how to have a relationship with another person <laughs> and be totally selfish and belittling of the other person and not caring about the other person's feelings. Well... <sighs>
0: Addy is going on about it a bit. Well... Get more chat, basically.
1: He does have a bit of a point with all of this. He does. What she should be saying is, look, you need to talk to your dad about this. Correct. You need to talk to somebody about this because this is really affecting you. You need to be honest with your dad about what an awful parent he is.
0: Yeah, we'll see how well that goes in the future, though. Yeah. Dev is outside putting up a missing ring sign on his window.
1: (laughs) But not like that.
0: (laughs) Kelly comes along but finds that she's banned from buying stuff and from talking to Ash about Nina. Dev explains about the missing (sighs) ring and tells her to bolt.
1: Yeah, fuck you, Dev. She's been found not guilty. Mm -hmm. You should allow her to buy things from your store.
0: And he would, I think. I, I, I found that quite out of character.
1: Yeah, I think, I think if Asha and Nina hadn't hooked back up, maybe,
0: yeah, maybe. he would. Man comes along to check that she's okay and then she spies a sign and she makes a call to someone that we don't find out who that is until later, asking for a favour. Mm-hmm. So Addy goes to tell Dev about moving to that London and asks Dev to cover his rent. Dev is unsure but says he'll think about it. His car is almost there though, which is what he's most interested in today. And he asks Addy if he wants to go for a spin. After last time... <sighs> No, fuck you very much, no, says Addie.
1: I'm not getting in a car with you.
0: Summer is in Roy's Rolls, fingering Daniel's lanyard when Amy comes in. Exactly like that. Wanting all the gossip about Summer getting her hole off of Addie. Summer insists there was no hole exchanged and she wants to change the subject. In the shop, Dev is chatting about Addie's that London dreams to Bernie. You give them roots and then you give them wings. Bernie apologises for the Natasha thing, all of that. She thinks mm-hmm. Addie will struggle to afford anything, even with Dev's help. Daniel goes to number eight, looking for Sarah to take care of Bertie. Summer passes and offers to do it so she can shoot her max while she's at, it, at his place. Right, yeah. And she, and she hands the lanyard back to Daniel, who's dead appreciative. What would I do without you, he says ill-advisedly. Right. You know, for someone who is an English teacher and uh, insists that he has such mastery and control of the English language, he certainly is saying enough ambiguous stuff to Summer to lead her on. And I, th- I think, as an English teacher of a teenage girl, he should be more aware of how his words could be interpreted. I
1: think especially with young teachers mm-hmm. they don't underst- they don't quite understand that yet. I think that's something that teachers learn through you know through practice to. I, th- I I have known teachers who have had students have mad crushes on them who have been quite shocked that anything that they have ever said could possibly be interpreted that way by young students.
0: What would I do without you just isn't a great thing to say. And I understand that the show is making them say it. Right. To, to give that deliberate right. ambiguity. And,
1: and you're just trying to be nice. And also she's been doing an awful lot of babysitting for him. As well, so I think he's just trying to be. They live on the same street, so there's a bit of familiarity because they live on the same street. Where, whereas you don't really think, I think he would he would be more careful if it was somebody who he doesn't see on a regular basis walking down the street. I think there's some familiarity that's yeah, been bred there. It's a pupil,
0: though. It's that's a difficult area. I think he should be doing a bit a job.
1: bit more careful. Yeah.
0: So Dave runs into Ben. Bear- so Dev runs the Burnley Info by Adi and tries to float the idea of Adi working in the Alahan business empire. He calls Adi amazing. He has so much to learn from his son and so he promotes Adi to general manager. The sky is the limit. So Adi fills Summer in on these developments with Dev. Summer is impressed and agrees to do the long distance thing if she gets into Oxford. And then Summer and Max go to Daniels. And Daniel is on his way to the PTA when he bumps into Daisy and the her again. She laughs and asks him out for a drink. Daniel knocks her back, but promises to take her out soon. So Bernie is outside the kebab shop, fanning herself with a Haya magazine. Mm -hmm. David walks by looking for curly fries. She calls him Captain Sinkhole (laughs) and advises him to buy straight fries and put curlers in. And then Addy comes along and Bernie catches him up with the conversation with Dev, explaining that he couldn't afford Addy's rent after buying all the copies of Asher's Porn. Addie is furious and storms off because Addy's thinking that, you know, I'm now getting mm-hmm. just palmed off with this thing that is essentially free for right. Dave to, to do. To dish out here. Right. Whereas I'm I'm being told that I'm so integral to mm-hmm. this and but really it's the fact that you can't afford it.
1: Right, yeah. And it's not being honest about it. And is still throwing money down a very large sinkhole called the internet <laughs> right. to keep Ash's video. Off, off the internet. That's just that's a bad investment.
0: Well, I don't think real things. The of an investment, is, is it?
1: no. The <laughs> internet is forever. Money
0: right. addy storms around to the shop and pretends everything's fine as Dev takes delivery of his new motor and comes in his pants a little bit. Meanwhile, in the shop, addy helps himself to a bottle of gin, which she starts drinking neat, <laughs> oh.
1: straight out of the bottle. Yikes! This baby. <laughs>
0: Later, half cut, Addy closes up the shop and keys Dev's motor,
1: and apparently also smashes windows. Which right, we, never which, saw. we didn't see that. Right, right. And he tells a lady that there's been a death in the family, so she can't come in to buy toilet paper.
0: <laughs> Kelly goes to Roy's Rolls and tells Nina that she found her ring out in the street, but Nina knows it's not hers. Is this supposed to be funny? Kelly explains that she went to York to try and find it to make it up to Nina because she remembered that that was where Dev, where sepid went or Uh something but Nina isn't interested and refuses to accept Kelly's apology throwing the ring back at her Daniel comes back and no one notices how Max has a thing for Summer and Summer has a thing for Daniel and Bertie has been sold into slavery (laughs) Daniel offers her some of her takeaway and goes off to check on Bertie who hasn't really been sold into slavery but everything else happened yes then PC Tinker finds Dev at the kebab shop and shows him photos of Dev's car and the keyed wing. Dev is furious. He knows who's responsible for this. And I'm just impressed that PC Tinker is now going out actively looking for crimes, not waiting for anything to be reported <laughs> to him, and then trying to solve them before anyone knows that a crime's right. been committed.
1: yeah. Yeesh.
0: <clears throat> I think that should be a movie with Tom Cruise in it. <laughs> and in that movie, I think Tom Cruise should run. Nina complains to Roy about this, but Roy thinks Kelly is genuinely... uh,
1: Trying to make amends.
0: Remorseful, yeah, about the whole ring thing. And maybe she deserves a second chance. Everyone makes mistakes, and Kelly has been through a lot too. Maybe quit being deliberately cruel to her. You don't have to forgive her. Right. But quit being deliberately cruel to her. Right.
1: Which, let's remember, it's kind of not in Nina's personality anyway. The the, the whole cruelty thing just... Sits in my mouth wrong because mm-hmm. we don't know Nina to be cruel.
0: So PC Tinker finds Kelly and Speed dial and wants to know where Kelly has been. <laughs> but not like that. Kelly explains that she was in York all day, but PC Tinker wants to take her up the station. <clears throat> Adam arrives at Summer.
1: I hope Kelly sues.
0: <laughs> right. This is all just another example <laughs> of the police escalating something that is essentially vandalism. Right. Just, we're going to get the CID involved in this. We're going to right. get experts from Edinburgh are going to come down to And take, to take paint samples. <laughs> right. Just
1: fucking... And samples <laughs> under Kelly's fingernails right. to see if there's paint under them. Yeah. And also another example of... Oh, well... We'll, we'll have
0: a 50-day trial. And- this, is,
1: this is the lowest person on the totem pole in the neighbourhood. She's been through a lot. She was a- falsely accused of murder. She just got out. She was falsely accused but we're still just going to assume that everything bad that happens on the street is her fault. Remember when it was when it was Bernie that was getting the blame for everything and then when Abby was getting all the blame for everything. Why is it always a woman?
0: Adam arrives as Summer leaves and on her way out she overhears Adam talking to Daniel about Fancy and Daisy and how they obviously like each other but it's a bad idea so be careful and Summer, the protege, thinks that they're talking about her. Right. Summer leaves Daniels and finds uh, a pure blutered Addy waiting outside. You don't know how lucky you are that your dad's dead, he says. <laughs> Summer covers when Asha calls, asking where Addy is and what happened to Dev's car. But Addy says that he knows nothing. The Nimran runs at the police, police station with Kelly. She argues her case and how this is harassment. Unfortunately, though, the mate that Kelly claimed to be with in York, this Cole character, yes. is refusing to give her an alibi. Yeah. On Wednesday, Addy spent the night at Billy's but not like that, and apparently he was the perfect guest. A bit too tidy, perhaps. Billy notices that the importance of being earnest is on at the Weddy Theatre and offers to score some tickets for him in summer, but summer may have plans in that regard already. Not a word to Addy about this, though. At Daniel's, Adam continues to dissuade him from Daisy. Daniel thinks that he's jealous and points out that Sarah's definitely punching. So was Bethany, says Adam. (laughs) Burn! And he goes to see Dev, who's upset that Adi closed up early last is it, night.
1: Is it is it not just mm. a little creepy that Daniel's nephew is married to the mother of a woman that Daniel was romantically interested in?
0: That's too confused, I don't know. <laughs> this is not general manager behaviour, says Dev. And then he gets a text from the police letting them know that they're scouring CCTV footage now to prove that someone keyed a car.
1: And and bashed the back in.
0: Uh, yeah, apparently. Supposedly. At school, Daniel has something that he wants to ask, a heavily made-up Summer. He's interrupted by the head who wants a word, and as Summer is leaving the class, she spies a couple of tickets for the importance of being earnest on Daniel's desk. Daniel sure does look like leaving things on his desk, doesn't he? Mm. So he comes back and asks Summer if she's available tonight. Fucking right, I am, says Summer. Great, would you mind babysitting Bertie again? Because I'm going <laughs> to the theatre with a friend. And Summer's face oh. falls off. And also but she agrees to help.
1: The head teacher slut shame Summer a bit. Mm-hmm. That was offensive and inappropriate.
0: A little bit less of the oh, war paint tomorrow yeah. Spellman. So,
1: offensive in a slut-shamey way, but also offensive in kind of a racist kind of way, referring to war paint and oh, Native I, Americans.
0: I think it's easier just, just to choose not to be offended by any of that.
1: I so, choose to be offended by all of that.
0: Well, she was wearing too much makeup yeah, for school.
1: Yeah, but... You don't say that to a kid.
0: Well, a little less you, of the
1: war paint. How
0: do you stop on doing it then?
1: You don't. because they you just have,
0: allow it to happen.
1: They have a right to free expression. Especially a kid like Summer, who's like the perfect kid and gets all A grades. Obviously, wearing a little too much makeup on one day is not affecting her grades or her behavior. So just shut up and let her wear makeup if she wants to wear makeup.
0: Mm, school rules are there. It'd be a bad.
1: Is that a school rule, though? Probably, yeah. Not.
0: Yeah, there was appearance school rules for certainly when I was at school.
1: About like how much makeup you're allowed to wear.
0: Yeah, and boys weren't allowed to wear earrings.
1: So fucked up. Then again, Steli has to wear shorts that are longer than her fingertips. But wearing a yeah. Well, pixie you take shirt. your
0: argument up to that school there, and just let me get through my notes. No. Okay then. Abbey! 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 Well, Addie gets home still in a film mood about that London and Dev spending all his money on Asha. Go on, oh, thanks for leaving me in that car to die. Asha is always his priority, he says. Dev just can't see Addy's point and insists that he doesn't have a favourite. He blames himself for putting both of them in harm's way. He needs a Weatherfield's worst dad t-shirt. He does. But you'll probably have to wrestle Tyrone for it. <laughs> And Billy. So Kelly sees Nina and Asha and insists it wasn't her what keyed Dev's car, but she finds no compassion from either of them who tell her to drop dead Drongo, or at least that's what they would have said yeah. if they were in Australia.
1: So obviously, Roy's talk with Nina meant nothing. No.
0: <laughs> they get stuck into her again about ITV Corey. This is karma, says Nina. This is karma, says Nina. Ha ha
1: ha ha.
0: Dev is ha, ha, ha. finding it difficult to explain himself to Addy so changes the subject to Addy's mum and how sad Dev is and he still misses her. Addy quickly brings it back. If Asha wanted to go to that London, Dev would make it happen, which I think is true. It is true. Dev says that Addy doesn't know the cost of living things like car insurance and thanks to fucking Kelly's going to have to be paying out because there's uh, excesses and mm. there's all that sort of stuff. Addy tells Dev it was him what keyed the car which lets Dev be angry about that and lets him off the hook about picking Asha. And Dev is now suddenly concerned about Kelly going back to
1: prison.
0: Right, yeah. Why would she be going back to prison? She's going to get prison for this? Did (laughs) Maria get prison for doing something similar when she smashed up the factory van? Right, yeah,
1: was she even charged with anything? No, she
0: (laughs) She got a slap on the wrist. Who's going back to prison here? Kelly's not on parole. No. She's innocent.
1: Yeah.
0: In comes Asha to badmouth Kelly, but Dev tells her about Adi and Adi brings up that Asha is a fucking princess who always gets Dev to save her from any pickle that she ends up in, be it videos, be it skin lightning, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Asha calls Adi pathetic as he leaves and Dev calls the police. Even Asha is surprised that he's about to cra- grass up his own son. So, Adi- Yeah,
1: because apparently Adi will go to jail for <laughs> a king. A car.
0: We have two innocent people here. One innocent person is going to go to jail, and one isn't. Really? I, I, I,
1: nobody's going to jail. Nobody's going to jail for this. For this. Maybe, maybe it's because Addy will have to pay a fine, and if Addy has to pay a fine, it's really Dev who will be paying the fine yeah. for his own car getting keyed.
0: Addie and Summer meet up in Roy's Rolls. She lets him stay with her and Belly for the next couple of days, but she advises that he lets us go. But when Summer learns that Addie vandalized the car, she loses her shit calling Addy a child and she storms out. Shame on you.
1: Right. And she rightly says, you know, you let Kelly take the blame for that because Summer has actually, I think, forgiven Kelly. Mm -hmm. She was the closest one to Kelly. Anyway.
0: Asha tracks down Kelly and confirms Dev has put the record straight and cleared Kelly's name. Asha goes to apologise but Kelly knows Asha is Team Nina. This is fine. She just wants to be forgiven. Asha can't see it happening. Later, Summer bumps into Addy, who is still complaining about Dev, and Summer has had enough of this, and she just says, Look, this isn't working, and she breaks up with him. Good. Addy moves on. Addy to- deserves better. <coughs> yeah. Addy moves on to the community garden where Kelly is eating chips, and he confesses to her. They compare notes about shitty parents, Addy winning with a dead mum card that he didn't want to listen to earlier. He starts yeah. with his complaints about Asha and that London with her, because has a new ear to bend about this. Right, thing. yes.
1: And Kelly's a bit more sympathetic. <laughs>
0: Summer turns up in the mood to Daniels, who ignores everything about her body language and makeup and leaves her to it. Daniel is careful not to say who he's going to the theatre with. He leaves and Summer starts making some international phone calls.
1: For this, this, Daniel is finally careful. Right. Instead of saying, oh, I have a date. Mm
0: -hmm. No. Which would put an end to all this.
1: Right, yeah. And he had a
0: chance to do it earlier as well, he didn't.
1: Yeah, but he doesn't want, you know, neighbourhood gossip. So he's being private about his own private life. He's being careful about his own private life. But he has no self-awareness of the world outside.
0: Yeah. It takes a long time for Addy to get through his story with Kelly. Kelly can't relate. She's an only child who was spoiled by Rick the Chin. Her dad was her whole world and then one day he just disappeared. After the misery hmm. party, Addy reveals that Summer dumped him. So Kelly says that he can keep at her tonight. Belter, says Addie. I'm not sure about the practicalities of whether Kelly would be allowed to bring a teenage boy uh, to spend the night the, the, in the room. The
1: security and everything seems quite fast and loose, that place. <laughs> right.
0: So Daniel goes to pick up Daisy. He continues to be an absolute prick to her, but she seems to be into that and being <laughs> treated that way, so off they go to the theatre where hopefully they'll both be literally bored to death. <laughs> It's late and Dev can't get hold of Addy, which Asher thinks is typical Addy. He was out of line and he's gone off to sulk. No doubt painted Dev as a right shit bag to whoever will listen, she says. And Addy is very impressed with Kelly's murderer. Oola. Adie is very impressed with Kelly's murderer fresco the on her wall, when <laughs> Cole bursts in and threatens Kelly for giving his details to the police as he was picking up some dodgy VCR. Really? York.
1: Really? You were picking up that. Da- you weren't even gonna go to York until Kelly called you. You were able to put a deal for some stolen merchandise mm-hmm. together that quickly from somebody in York. See, really? That's, that's
0: good business news though.
1: Really? And also, wouldn't you oh I don't know, give Kelly the alibi and then that would be the end of it, and then the police wouldn't care about this matter at all. Mm. Instead of making her seem even more dodgy, which would put an eye on you. Or Taylor. And yeah. then
0: she won't use you.
1: Right.
0: She'll say, "Go to the shop." Right. And go to the shop and speak the, CCTV, to the shopkeeper. Yeah. Right? Not many stupid red thumb rings were probably sold that day. <laughs> Addie is worse than useless. As Cole tears into Kelly, and Cole leaves, and Kelly insists that she's fine. He was just spooked. She can handle all this. And Daniel gets home, pretends to yawn, and sends Summer on his way before calling Daisy and telling her to get her ugly arse up here now. You're bent as summer leaves she sees daisy being buzzed in at the flat and that is how we end this week's episodes what a strange week i think it's, it was made to feel stranger by the monday tuesday wednesday thing for me that's obviously not how you you consume no. coronation street so yeah but it mean, felt i felt very rushed because it was all back to back like mm-hmm. that which I didn't feel like when I was watching it on the the player during the Euros because I enjoyed watching it then and and being done mm-hmm. with my notes really early in the mm-hmm. week and we could even record a little mm-hmm. bit early. We didn't release it until the, the weekend, I think. Mm-hmm. But
1: we probably could have done that this week.
0: Probably. Oh yeah. well. Never mind.
1: Never mind. <laughs> yeah, you know, it wasn't a bad week. I could I could have done less with the Danny and James storyline and the. No kidding. And the Daniel, Summer, Daisy, Max, Addie, Kelly, both yeah, felt- triangle, polygon, whatever it is. I am I am glad that it seems like they've put the kibosh on, on Summer's little crush on, on Daniel quite quickly.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm I'm glad that they're not gonna draw that out because that's just nobody wants to see that.
0: Or well it depends on how determined Summer is. Does she start to try and come between
1: No, because she wants to get to uni. And Daisy. Remember, this is, you know.
0: She wants Daniel just as much, I think.
1: I don't think so. That wouldn't really fit in her personality, would it?
0: I don't think an awful lot of this fits in her personality.
1: No. Can we speak about how
0: uh how Daniel's treating Daisy? Because it, it irks me. And of course it irks me because it's Daniel, but
1: right. It didn't bother me as much as it obviously bothered you. She's
0: horrible to her.
1: Yeah, she's got a horrible back, though. And you don't like Daisy, remember?
0: I don't. And that, that <laughs> that's why I find this so remarkable that I care about this as much, because because I don't like her. But when he comes in and calls her born, and just, and just really born, and, oh, well, you're well, dressed up for a change. And He's, he's clearly and, and you've, kidding. You've, you've clearly, and you've had a bit of a wash. He's yeah, clearly
1: but he, kidding. And she's clearly the type of person, because she has... This, this sort of banter is not new with the two of them. And also, Daniel doesn't have a lot of past relationships to really build on, does he? He's got Sinead and Bethany. <laughs> Has he dated anyone else on the show? I don't
0: think we've seen very much of his... Yeah. Uh, and he's always, days.
1: he's always kind of seemed like a person who is who is book smart, but not street smart and kind of lacks a lot of emotional maturity which you know as evidenced by the by the sex cardigan you know he, oh yeah he's, he's not a very emotional let's we
0: forget the sex
1: cardigan, the sex cardigan so it 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 doesn't bother me because it seems to fit with his character so that's not the bit of this whole rigmarole that bothers me the summer stuff bothers me the fact that we're painting Addy as this petulant child when he does have a point. Why
0: does no one get his point?
1: When he does have a point, because (laughs) if it weren't for the favoritism that Dev has shown to Asha, Asha wouldn't have been in the car in the first place, and they wouldn't have been going down that road in the first place. Right. And Dev tries to pass it off as, oh, well, Asha was unconscious. So I had to take care of her first. Well, yeah, she was unconscious. And then you tried to get her to walk. (laughs) You dragged her out of the car and then you're like, okay, darling, try to walk while she's unconscious instead of picking her up, putting her on the, uh, to the side. Throw
0: her to the side. And, Just throw her.
1: And get Addy out of there.
0: But Addy's point was, if you get me out, then we can both help and get
1: right. her out. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, when you're on an airplane and you're supposed to put your own Air thing on first before you help the child or the mm-hmm. invalid next to you, you know? Is it like that? <laughs> you take care of the able bodied people first so that you can help the people who are not able bodied. He's using this one example of the favoritism. And neither Dev nor Asha seem to get that this is just. A symptom of a, pa- a much a larger disease. Of behavior. Right. Yeah. There's a much huger pattern of behavior. So for them to be saying, "Oh, he's got a complex about this," and "Oh, he's being ridiculous," and "Oh, he doesn't have a point," it seems like Dev gets very close to acknowledging that Addie has a point. Yeah. And and recognizes that Addie has a point, and then Asha comes in and just blows it all out of the water.
0: But I think he he seemed to choose to to jump on the, the vandalism thing very quickly because that meant he didn't have to think about anything else. Now, now right. we can just think about that. Yes. There is a question of whether or why Dev particularly and Asha, Asha less so because and I don't expect her to have the awareness of it um, because she's part of the problem. I expect Dev to have the awareness of it. I don't know why they don't get Adi's point first and foremost. But secondly, even if they're right, and even if Adi does have a persecution pro a problem or complex or whatever, mm-hmm. that they're not interested in investigating why that would be a thing. Right. They're just disinterested in the yeah. whole thing. They, they dismiss it, and they're not they're not interested right. to acknowledge that it's a thing. Right. But they're not. Interested in acknowledging why he might think it's a thing,
1: right? Yeah, they don't care. No, because <laughs> and
0: I don't know why they don't get it.
1: Because if they care, if they got it, then they'd have to recognize that they have been wrong, and that they they need to acknowledge this, and they need to grow, and they need to be better people. It's like it's like the whole thing with Asha and ITV Corey and everything, and how you know Imran finally makes the point. Once that none of this would have happened if Asha hadn't if Asha hadn't dated both ITV Corey and Nina and everybody's like, oh, it's so horrible that you made that connection because everybody's like, no, it's unfair for Asha to recognize that she may be part of the problem and that she may have done things that made ITV Corey angrier then he would have been ordinarily Yeah, that about doesn't the whole mean to Nina say thing. that she
0: has to be responsible for that. Well, no, but, but she has to acknowledge that it was
1: a that the, the, that was thing. part of it. Right. You know,
0: it's not not saying that this is your fault. No, but but your behaviour, rightly or wrongly, has right. has had an impact on right. us.
1: Yes, and that's that's why ITV Corey hated Nina not because of her clothes.
0: Well, the the show disagrees.
1: Well, the show can fuck off. <laughs> It's it's frustrating because it makes Asha has slowly turned into a character I kind of hate.
0: Yeah, I don't like her at all. As,
1: as opposed to a character that I really sympathized with and was interested in back with like the whole skin lightning thing and then the whole mm-hmm. revenge porn thing. You know, she was a character we cared about and we wanted better for her. Yeah, but she's she's grown into like a really deplorable selfish person who. I don't care about anymore and the unfortunate thing is she's kind of dragging Nina down with her a little bit because Nina this week was a horrible human being mm-hmm. to Kelly and also just in general like the whole conversation she has with Roy you know she doesn't she doesn't stop and seem to understand what Roy is trying to very gently tell her whereas most of the time when Nina and Roy have a heart to heart She's mature enough to acknowledge that he may have a point and is mature about it. She's becoming very immature and I don't like it. I don't like it one bit.
0: No. Oh, well, that was the week that was Coronation Street. Mm. What was your moment of the week?
1: The Olympic hug.
0: Yeah, I think it has to be, has not it? It's got
1: to be the Olympic hug. I mean. I don't care. Because, yeah. It's the Olympic hug. It can't be anything else.
0: Nothing else uh, really came so close to making me cry Mm. than that. It was just beautifully done. Absolutely. Oh, you could feel the hug. Mm -hmm. You could.
1: You could. It was palpable.
0: Done so well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt, Leanne and Sam with his Olympic standard hug is our
1: moment of of the week. week. Your boring moment of the week. I love puns.
0: (laughs) Is it isle puns, or, or is it the um,
1: importance of being earnest puns, and Billy remembering that there are cucumber sandwiches in the in the play?
0: I was actually quite impressed by that, <laughs> more than more than bored by it.
1: Isle puns, hmm. Isla puns wouldn't be wouldn't bother me if we hadn't just had penny puns, you know, a scene before. Yeah. I think that's what makes Isla puns just kind of like ugh oh, just fine you guys like to make funny puns with other people's names
0: I quite like a pun
1: I don't mind a pun I, c- it, I
0: couldn't eat a whole one but...
1: right but, and that's the thing you know you can only take so many puns before they become obnoxious
0: oh yeah Andy's pun runs on uh, the bugle they, they do wear you down after a while don't they when he, like, he's like five minutes in and then there's like we're 50 puns and yeah, it's like okay we yeah, get it we, we
1: get the joke it's essentially the same joke over and over uh, and over uh, again
0: you wonder why John Oliver left <laughs> you know
1: behave
0: okay Isla Puns is out for a moment of the week <laughs> shall we wrap this one up then
1: I think we'd better I, I think, think you that. need to go lay down yeah I'm
0: oh, I'm exhausted <laughs> I think I might go out clubbing next <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Big box, little box, <laughs> cardboard box. <clears throat> Big fish, little fish, cardboard box. She <laughs> What am I thinking? I don't know. If you have any idea of what I'm thinking drop us a line with the talk of the street at gmail.com and we're at Corey Podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram you can shout me and Helen a coffee by heading to kofi.com, that's ko-fi.com slash the talk of the street check out the clicky clicky section of Vogel.co.uk for links to our merch store and YouTube channel and if you're so inclined please leave a rating and a review on the iTunes or your podcast provider of choice Thanks for making it to the end of another episode and we will be back next week with more Talk, the of, the Talk of the Street Cheerio Bye I'm it